Welcome to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. My name is Kristen Blake, a member of the agency lending team at Goldman Sachs. I am pleased to have with me today two other Women in Securities Finance members, Isabel Docal, an ADR and Canadian trader at Bank of America, and Meg Cuneo, an agency lending trader at State Street. Our discussion today is going to focus on the transition to the work from home environment that we have all faced since the global pandemic began. We're going to talk a little bit about the struggles we've had, but ultimately want to highlight the surprising silver linings that we have found during these challenging times. Meg, do you wanna kick things off and talk a bit about your COVID work from home experience so far? I can, thanks Kristen. So the transition to the work from home environment, as I'm sure it was for many people, was just totally new for me. I mean, not only had I never really worked remotely in my entire career, but I'd been working on a trading floor since I started working, which is just a totally different environment. I went from this louder, more energized atmosphere, working alongside a variety of personalities to say the least, to working alone in my living room. So that was certainly an adjustment for me. And I think that the open floor plan that exists as a function of the trading floor and the flexibility that it allows all of us in terms of being able to sit over a coworker's shoulder or be a part of a conversation that maybe you wouldn't have been a part of had it not been for sitting next to that person on the team is something I was probably taking for granted a bit. I mean, it didn't dawn on me just how instrumental this environment was to my career growth until I transitioned to working from home. When you're in the office, if you're confused about something or if you need a second set of eyes, you just call someone over to your desk. But when working remotely, you have to share your screen or set up a phone call and just generally be more creative, I guess, about collaborating with these people that you work with on a daily basis. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Before the pandemic, I would sit behind someone's desk and watch them work their magic while they taught me new skills. But unfortunately, now we're definitely faced with new challenges when it comes to learning. As a team, I think we've tried to teach one another through Skype or a shared screen, but it's definitely not the same. Although this may seem counterintuitive, our collaboration has increased in a lot of ways since virtual environment started by forcing us to get creative with how we communicate and collaborate. We used to joke around that any attempt at doing a morning meeting in the office was a big fail since gathering more than a dozen people off the trading floor is basically an impossible task. But now working from home, we've all been super proactive at setting up a call every morning at 7.45 a.m. to discuss market updates and color we've already been seeing since the morning. I can say I've definitely learned more about the daily flows of traders outside of my product coverage. And also a lot of our discussions between coworkers happen verbally on the trading floor, but now we've been forced to document conversations while being at home, whether through emails or Bloomberg chats. And I feel like I've learned a lot being able to look back at chats and track historic information more so than before. And also just take my time and read information in the afternoons when I'm less busy from the trading day. What about you, Kristen? Have you seen similar trends? Yeah, I certainly have from the perspective of a trainee, but I definitely can relate even a little bit more from the perspective of a trainer since the pandemic had started, we've actually had a couple new team members join us. And I can tell you that it's been really difficult to make somebody feel comfortable and get them up to speed and make them feel like part of the team virtually as the sole person or one of the people responsible for training them. I've been really forced to rethink 
about my previous approach. So before I would always just assume, and I'm sure you guys have had this experience as well, that the new members of the team, they were just going to learn because they were sitting on the desk and they were listening and they were involved in the day-to-day environment. But now without that ability, I've had to really formalize the process a little bit more. Oh, I have to admit, I do not envy these people at all starting a new role during this time. It would just be so challenging, I think. Yeah, it's definitely difficult for them. And I've had a few discussions with a lot of my new hires about this specifically. But I will say, and for any of the people who might be new hires that are listening right now, the new team members that we've had the most success with are the ones who make it a point to stay engaged themselves. They appreciate the fact that we're not experts in this virtual environment either. We're doing this for the first time. So it's really actually a good opportunity, I think, for new hires and even some people who've been on the team for a long time to take advantage of learning about something new. Maybe you can reach out to somebody and learn about a topic that you didn't know about before. It's a good opportunity to set up a meeting with someone in a different group. Just take a little bit of initiative. And it's definitely forced us to make some positive changes to the way things were done previously. I totally agree with you there. I mean, there's definitely been challenges throughout all of this. But even with that, I've been really impressed with everyone's ability to just stay engaged. I mean, I myself was doing a bit of cross-training and some of what I was learning was totally new to me. So I was just asking question after question. But as you mentioned, Kristen, even though it's challenging to train someone in this environment, my teammates were completely patient and always willing to take the time to explain why it is we're doing something that way. If anything, I think they kind of appreciated the curiosity. Listen, don't get me wrong. I think being together in the office is going to continue to be really valuable for all of us, especially when it comes to working together as a team and continuing to grow our careers. But working remotely the past few months has really highlighted my colleagues' ability to continue to move the business forward, regardless of whatever circumstance we're in. Meg, along the same lines of being forced to work remotely and being less visible to your colleagues, have either you and Isabel, you as well, struggled to ensure the people on your team know, or even your managers know you're getting your work done and what you are actually doing? For me, it's definitely feeling different than when we were in the office. And honestly, just the mere fact of being present meant that somebody was recognizing that you were doing your job well and getting your day-to-day tasks done. Yeah, Kristen, this was definitely something I struggled with at the beginning of the move to remote working. I mean, let's be honest, we're all adults. So I don't think that any of our managers are doubting whether we're completing our day-to-day responsibilities when we're working remotely. So my concern wasn't really proving to my manager that I can remain productive in this virtual environment, but it was more, how do I stay relevant to my larger team? And how do I let people know that I'm willing to take on something new? When you're in the office every day, it's a lot easier to do this. But when you don't see people on a day-to-day basis, you really have to take a much more active role in your career development. For me, this was much more of an art than a science, but I think communication was the real key. I needed to learn how to communicate to my manager the types of projects I was interested in getting more involved in. This was important because once I let him know what it was that I wanted to learn more about or do more of, he was able to steer me in the right direction. He was able to make sure I was in the room or as is so often the case these days on the conference call. And being a part of the conversation really is half the battle, I think. Not only does it help keep us aware of what's going on, but it lets people know that we're involved and it lets people know that we're willing to take on more responsibility. And so not only does this help us add value to the team, but it allows us to grow and move our careers forward. 
Yeah, Meg, for me, this is my major silver lining of 2020. And it seems like it's something that you've done really well, but it's something that I've learned to do in the virtual environment, interestingly enough. The concept of becoming my own champion and championing my own work. Previous to the virtual environment, I thought I was pretty good at it. I would get involved in the meetings when I could. I would offer to help the team whenever they needed it. And as we've all been taught since the beginning of our careers, I was raising my hand for every new opportunity that was available. But once we moved into the full-time virtual environment, I realized I didn't actually know how to champion my work. When we were in the office, I always just assumed that because I was physically sitting there, like I mentioned before, with my computer open and had multiple screens going at the same time, that people on my team knew that I was working hard. And I also assumed, which looking back is pretty naive, that they knew what I was actually working on. You know, I used to think they must know I've been working on this ongoing problem for weeks now, which again, naive, right? That's certainly not the case. Everybody has their own work to worry about as well. But it took me working from home and feeling a little bit disconnected to force me to rethink that assumption. Although everybody has good intentions, unless you're going to specifically post people on what it is you're working on, the chances are they don't know the full scope of everything that you're doing. Yeah, I agree, Kristen. I feel like we're all trying to make our voice heard, but have had to relearn how to do that since we're not just sitting a few feet away from the rest of the team. I've become extra conscious about communicating what occupies my 11-hour day, what kind of projects I'm working on, and voicing how I think we can improve certain efficiencies in our processes as traders. But that being said, I still think I could do a better job at this. It's really been a challenge for sure. Kristen, you initially raised this issue. Do you feel like you've been able to find ways or tactics to accomplish this and champion your own work? Yeah. And honestly, listening to Meg talk about her experience, I wish that I had connected with her about this pre-COVID. But like I mentioned, this is a huge silver lining for me and a big takeaway. The actual steps that I took The first step, I think, in any process is recognizing that I wasn't doing enough of it. So from there, in this initial step, again, was definitely not easy for me at all. I had to sit down with my managers and I let them know that I was feeling really disconnected from the team. I was really excited about the fact that they appreciated the feedback from me. And we had an open discussion about how they could get me feeling more engaged, especially in the virtual environment. And this ties nicely into what I was talking about before, where we're all doing this for the first time. So Communication is huge here, letting somebody know, you know, taking the initiative and wanting to make things better in this unprecedented time is only going to help everybody. So in this instance, we focused on my specific interests and how my interests could align with some of the strategic initiatives that the team had going on. And then from there, we decided on which of those initiatives would best suit a combination of my interests and skill set. And I was able to take ownership over a few different projects. I was definitely excited that there were defined projects with my name on them, but then also quickly recognized that, okay, I took ownership of them. That's great. But now I have a huge responsibility to make sure that I follow through on what I had asked for. So the final step in this ongoing process was figuring out a good feedback cycle for my work. When you start doing this type of work, more project-based work, you feel like you want to tell everybody every little step along the process, but I've come to find that even if it takes a little bit longer than you had initially hoped or you had planned for, waiting until there's real good progress to post your team on, on whatever initiative it is you're working on, I think is more important than just giving brief updates every other day or so. So it's definitely something I'm going to keep doing and and so far so good. 
That's really great feedback, Kristen. Something that you mentioned that stuck out to me was your relationship in that situation with your managers. For me, one major change that has stemmed from working from home has been the amount and the kind of communication I've had with my manager. Our check-ins have become much more frequent and have allowed us to open up in new ways because we're all juggling working from home along with our family and personal lives. In, in the office, I think it was easy to ignore those more vulnerable sides of our lives, especially because in a trading floor, having any kind of private conversation feels nearly impossible. But this new interaction over our cell phones has helped me connect with my manager and other coworkers, even clients, as we discuss matters outside of work that definitely impact our new evolved daily routine. My parents have interrupted my calls a dozen times, just like I've heard children from the other side of the phone a few times. But I think this has all made us connect more and make us more aware that we do juggle a lot of responsibilities outside of work. And I think in the office, it sometimes seems like the norm is to wear your best poker face. And even though you could be dealing with stressful or overwhelming things in your personal lives and I do think this working from home situation has opened up a lot of empathy, perhaps, or awareness about everyone's need to actively balance work and home as much as possible and the true value of disconnecting. Isabel, I love that you mentioned the more human side of things. It's just such a nice way of putting it. From my perspective, it's become like an unavoidable look into our personal lives that COVID has allowed for. And it's certainly changed the way that we communicate with my coworkers and our clients. Like I said, it has made us all more human. And as humans, we all go through things. So having done this for almost a year now, it is amazing how much you can learn from seeing what's hanging on somebody's wall or placed on their bookshelves. It's like an immediate icebreaker connection that would not have been possible without the pandemic. And I think it's probably strengthened a lot of relationships along the way. Yeah, that connection with people is super key. It it sort of puts us all on the same page as human beings, not necessarily as a client, manager, coworker, etc. Since we're on the topic of vulnerability, and accepting that our work and professional lives inevitably are impossible to isolate, I actually started seeing a therapist because my whole life felt like it had flipped upside down and I was feeling major anxiety at the beginning. I had lost all of my routines. I had moved to California so that I could have company and more space than my tiny New York City studio and started working at four in the morning because of the time difference. It was all super crazy, but still in many ways, it's still crazy, but at least now I have a new routine and I'm back in the East Coast and all. So in a pre-COVID environment, I'd say that maybe I wouldn't have felt necessarily that comfortable talking to my manager about how overwhelmed and anxious I was juggling all of those changes. But now I do feel very comfortable calling him and opening up through this new private medium we used to never really have in a packed trading floor. And I don't have to worry about judgment or any kind of stigma because we've all admittedly gone through personal struggles during this pandemic. Isabel, I think that's great that you felt comfortable talking to your manager about that. For so long, there's been this like stigma when it comes to talking about mental health, particularly in the workplace, right? But I think that if there's anything that a lot of people have had in common over these past 10, 11 months is these feelings of stress and these feelings of anxiety at one time or another. 
I mean, whether we're anxious about our routines being upended or we're feeling isolated from our family and from our friends, it's been such a trying time for a lot of people. And while it's been tough, I think one of the silver linings of all this is how we've become so much better at acknowledging that we're all just people and we all have things going on outside of work. And just like we check in on our family and our friends, it's important to check in on our coworkers and even check in on our clients too. I mean, really anything we can try to do to just keep some sense of normal during a year that has been anything but. Speaking of that, do you guys feel like you've started getting back to doing certain things that keep you sane or make you feel like things are somewhat getting back to normal? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, thank goodness the Boston winter hasn't been too bad yet. But as we are speaking together today, there's multiple inches of snow falling on top of the multiple inches of snow we've already had. So that's not ideal. But even with a bit of snow, being able to be outside has been my saving grace through all of this. I do try my hardest to emulate what I would be doing in the office. A quick walk late afternoon to get what would be my afternoon post office square coffee or walking around the block at lunch, pretending that I'm about to get something better than whatever I have in my fridge from last night. Exercise has also been a big one for me, whether it's social distance runs with my friends or just trying the latest workout class online. They've definitely kept me sane. Oh gosh, Kristen, for me, there was no way I could get adjusted to working out by myself at home. Luckily, now I can go to workout studios here in Florida and we're all spaced out and wearing face masks. But just being able to incorporate that into my routine again has made me feel a lot more normal. And it helps me just decompress after a work day, which I think at the beginning was very hard to do when we were all just stuck in our own little spaces. The exercise has been a huge thing for me too. Up until last week, Boston gyms weren't open. So thank God for all of the fitness instructors who started their own online subscription services. It's just been like such a saving grace. Although any exercise I do is immediately counteracted by all the cooking and the recipe <laughs> testing that I've been doing in my spare time. Jokes aside though, I'm definitely looking forward to some warmer weather ahead and I'm remaining optimistic that we have better days to come. Yes, I can't wait for that. <laughs> and hopefully back into the office at some point. Yes, yes. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you to Kristen and Isabel for joining me today. And thank you to everyone who's listening for tuning in to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. We're excited to bring these podcasts to you as a way to stay somewhat connected, especially in this remote environment that we all just talked about. If you have any suggestions for future topics or speakers you'd like to recommend, please don't hesitate to reach out to the Women in Securities Finance group.